0: Hey, Diddy Brad, I was looking at Sperry.com and they have a warm and cozy collection. Yeah? That stinks. Don't buy that stuff.
1: Wait, why are you hating on warm and cozy? Well, what
0: kind of name is that?
1: Oh, you just don't like the name? No, that sucks. But would you buy like fuzzy Sperry's? No. No, why not?
0: That's not for my boat.
1: <laughs> so you think Sperry should stick to boat shoes? I mean, you don't want to be comfy on your boat? I was on a boat yesterday, just FYI. You fancy. The cozy shoes would have been good. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to scuff up your boat, but you also want your tootsies to be warm. Sure. The Sperry. The sperry's warm and cozy.
0: Uh-uh. No good.
1: All right. So we're we're saying don't go to Sperry.com this time. Do not go to Sperry.com. Okay. Got dot it. Com. This is an anti-ad. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Splain Yourself, the podcast where anyone can attempt to explain anything, especially if they do it in the form of a slam poem. I'm Diddy Bread. And I'm the muscle hamster. I have low T. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, muscle hamster. It's cool. Um, and with us in the studio today is our good friend and fellow maker of things, Nathan Robinson. Welcome, Nathan.
2: Hey, yo. Thanks for having me back.
0: Thanks for coming on, Nine Toes. You may remember, Nathan, he was the star of first my coffee, then my nope
1: first the coffee
0: he was a star of a previous episode of the name of which i can't get right <laughs> it was I'm-
1: called first the coffee then my identity which i may re-release very soon that, that, that yeah. would be great mm-hmm.
0: um, the greatest hits
1: yeah exactly yeah. yeah that was like our most w- downloaded episode it was it was up there it was up there anyway
0: so after that episode just a aside here uh one of my friends texted me and was like, Hey, that Nathan guy sounds real smart and I threw my phone in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> this person's not my friend anymore. Why,
1: why are you hating?
0: Uh, just <laughs> just some Josh in today. <laughs> yeah, Nathan, thank you for being here. Uh, your last episode was a big hit, and we're here to talk to you today about creativity and the opening of Nathan Robinson Enterprises. Yeah. What
1: what?
2: Well, thank you for having me back. Yeah, the first episode was a lot of fun. First the coffee, then my identity, one of your uh, contending for one of your most popular episodes. Indeed. It was neck and neck with Harrison for a minute, which, it was. I, which I wasn't too happy about. But
1: and, and funny thing about that is his episode was part of a, a large like dump of episodes that I did of all of our old stuff. And we recorded with Nathan with like fancy new mics and mm-hmm. it was a fresh new episode and still people went to Harrison's and yeah. I, you know, there's just something about that guy.
2: Because yeah. he's an ace comedian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe.
2: Well, let, let's uh, let's see if I can pull it off this time. Yeah. I, feel I, th- like I it's think it's going to happen. I think you can do it. Yeah. So you
0: are on the precipice of a grand adventure mm-hmm. in the scope of your life, mm-hmm. which is you have given up your full-time steady employment Mm -hmm. and you are going out on your own can you take us through that process to me i when i was thinking about this earlier we had a very early episode that was called living the dream okay and this to me is kind of living the dream part two Mm. right in that nathan has cast aside the stability of a nine-to-five job and is now sort of we would call this where i come from uh setting out your own shingle sure can you tell us about that process and sort of how creativity is the foundation of this.
2: Yeah, so first of all, cast aside might be too strong of a verb so far. So I I still have an attachment to the old day job. So I still serve as creative specialist at a school where I still work, where Michael works, where Sarah used to work. This Mm -hmm. is our connection. Yeah. Yes. So I'm still there. So I have not ventured out fully into the waters of independent employment, but I've been on this journey of creativity and starting and the desire to live the dream like you said so at our school as you know we we started with you know very very lofty goals very uh, entrepreneurial values and intentions whatnot and that that really started me down this pathway of changing my thinking into oh instead of sort of the traditional pathway I was involved in uh, you know traditional education and instead, it was, oh, what about these other things that I'm interested in that could become a part of what I do for a living, but also just in general? So I started learning more and more about graphic design, video editing, audio editing, as it, uh, as it pertained to helping me in the jobs that I had, so in, as a teacher or as an administrator at a school or as you know, someone part of a, a startup and, and trying to just figure things out and get the website up and make sure the social media was you know, looking okay. And over the years, I've had a chance to start taking on additional clients and start doing creative work and adding value to other people in their endeavors, in their, in their careers, and just leverage more and more of that. And yeah, so I'm, I'm at this place now where I've reduced in scale you know my my day job has reduced in scale, so that I have more time to work on creative pursuits with some of my clients, and so that's yeah, that's what I'm doing. I've got a couple of I produce uh, audio content for a couple of podcasts. Um, I have some graphic design clients, and uh, just last week I was working on a. Uh, like a consulting gig and a co-facilitation gig for a nonprofit here in town, uh, helping sort of plan and lead and facilitate a workshop and then do some follow-up work with the leadership team. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, so the thing to me that's so interesting about this is, if I remember correctly, you have a background in like English literature. That's right. Yeah, that does not equate to graphic design, (laughs) audio podcast stuff. How do you get to the point of like, I know enough to get people to pay me to do this with no real substantial background?
2: Right. So that that's where the topic of creativity and why you should start now is really interesting to me because I didn't, if I had just said, oh, I want to become a graphic designer mm-hmm. or whatnot, you know, I don't have the schooling and I don't have the experience. So I started just because you know, family birthday announcements or family Christmas <laughs> cards or, you know, these little very low stakes things that, you know, because I, no one was paying me for it. No one was expecting yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't, the fact that they didn't look great, didn't really matter. It was, well, uh, it was a way to start. They
1: probably did look good though. They looked fine. Like when I met you, you were, we worked at a school that was not next and you seemed to be the guy that everyone just kind of decided like he knows all the computer things so we're gonna ask him all our computer things
2: well at that, at that point i don't I don't think it was so much that i had all the answers it was nobody else no had one anybody. no one was
1: even close right. to being able to do the very most basic things with a computer right. so i wonder how much of this is you just kind of stumbling into it because it's like yeah i just figured out how to do right. this right. and then i'm doing it you know
2: and i think that's the beauty of of creativity and and you know a lot of people will We'll, say, well, let me do a quick straw poll of you two. Sarah, yes. do you consider yourself to be a creative person? Absolutely. Teacher? Okay. Yes. So, uh, Michael, do you consider yourself to be a creative individual? No. Okay. Ooh, I'm split. So, okay. So, Michael, why would you say no? I am
0: very much about routine and discipline. Okay are kind of the opposite of creativity in many aspects. I'm going to hold
2: back my response. Keep going.
0: Uh, For me, there are moments of where I am forced to be creative, but that'd be like saying I dance twice a year. I'm a dancer. I have moments where I need to be creative and I can do it okay when it it is time. But if you're going to say, Michael, is this something that is a larger character trait you possess? Mm-hmm. Not really. Okay. But
1: aren't you a writer? Don't you identify as a writer?
0: I do. Sometimes I write. That's true. But my That's ri- creating. Right. But my writing is not really creative in the way that you would think about creative writing. Like, you know, I made up a short story about some romance stuff. I write in a very traditional, specified academic Sure, way.
1: but you're not writing the exact words that someone else has written. No, I'm not a plagiarist, but okay. at the same time, That's like, creating. I'm also I mean,
0: I guess technically, but I'm also not doing anything. Like, I learned to write for my dissertation advisor. I write in the same way that he taught me, which is the same way many other people do things. Like, there's nothing particularly creative going on here, in my opinion.
1: Oh, interesting. I want to hear Nathan's response to this.
2: Yeah, I, I, I want to respond, but first, I'm curious to hear why, Sarah, math yes. teacher, organized, individual. I, I feel like you have, you have your life together pretty well. Uh, oh,
1: sure. Let's go with that.
2: But, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's pretty good. you know. But you say you identify as someone who's creative. So why do you consider yourself creative?
1: Well, th- my opinion on why I'm creative has actually changed over the course of my life. When I was a kid... I made stuff, I drew, I got accolades from my family and friends and teachers about the things that I created artistically. And I thought that's what made me creative. Mm -hmm. The fact that I made things that other people thought they could not make was what made me creative. And I very much saw this as like... You're either in this creative bubble or you're yeah. not, and there's no way in this bubble for some of you, right? Right, right. Yeah. Some of you jokers. And it, right, exactly. We're the artsy people. Uh-huh. We got this. But as I got older, and I I kind of lost my, I don't want to say passion. I'm not going to use that word. Sprite I, lo- I lost my enthusiasm oh. for making art because as I got older, I realized it became... A much more competitive field so doing art in high school was very different than doing art in elementary school and then having done it i took a couple classes in college and that had a very different feel to it and so i kind of backed away from it realizing that if we're going to call this creative there's a lot of nuance (laughs) that you can that you can dump into that so the reason right now why i would say i'm a creative person is because i make stuff yeah i make stuff that other people haven't made before and even if it resembles what other people have made before i'm putting my unique spin on those things okay yeah
2: yeah so that's my perspective as well so michael the the pushback that i think sarah and i are both aiming your way you sure are is, <laughs> i just pointed at you sure yeah. Do. it yeah <laughs> is this idea that i think i think creativity or to be creative is to have taken in right inputs right your mm-hmm. your professors advice or tutelage or the research that you've done, et cetera, you've brought them into your brain, your mm-hmm. unique human brain, right? and you have done work that is greater than the sum of its parts. In other words, you've put these things together in a way that is not mechanical or or simply repeating what you've taken in, but mm-hmm. you're putting a new perspective or creating a new thing. So whether that's a work of art or a dissertation or a podcast or whatever it is, which, by the way, you're also involved in making a podcast. Yeah, this
0: is the most creative thing I consistently do. This
1: was your idea, friend. No, yeah. it wasn't. Yes, it was. No. Yeah. No, it wasn't. This oh, particular podcast was okay. your idea. I started a podcast group at our high school that we both worked at, and then you came to me, and you said, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Yes, that's true. And you pitched the idea, and you called it Splain I Yourself. Did. That is all true. <laughs> this is This is <laughs> all from your brain. Yeah, that's all true. Okay.
2: Yes. Yeah. So I think for you to say this is the most creative thing you do, Mm -hmm. fair enough. Like, great. But not only are there other things that you do that qualify as creative acts, you're writing your your dissertation, even some of the research that you do. I would argue research and data analysis is itself a creative act. Yes. Uh, In fact, it's a really important creative act because of how you could you or someone could take those tools and use them to tell a creative story with true facts that is itself misleading, or to tell a story using the facts to to present them in a way. So, that's what helpful. do we think cr- being creative actually means? I think being do you creative.
1: Want me to Google this?
2: Yeah, you you Google <laughs> it, and and I'll I'll shoot from the hip. I'll, okay. I will uh, do my best. I I believe all people are creative at some level. So let's just get that out there. Okay. But then, to be or to consider yourself a creative person is to be someone who regularly, when you see novel problems or you approach work or play or productivity or whatever it is that you're approaching, you have a habit of mind that allows you to pull in different inputs and then think about them inside your human brain and then create or put out something new as a result, whether that's a piece of writing or
0: right, product. And I guess know, my quibble then is with what constitutes new. Right. I think that if you say, okay, this has never been done before, it doesn't exist on this earth. Sure. That's one thing. This problem is unique to my knowledge, and I have this solution for it. And then I guess by your definition, that makes you creative, Mm -hmm. right? But my thing is like, if I were to give this problem to somebody else, and they would come up with a pretty similar solution. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not really being that creative.
2: Yeah, I guess uh, two things. First of all, new maybe is the wrong word. Yeah, maybe maybe fresh is a better is a better word or mm-hmm. unique to the to the context, mm-hmm. right? Because anytime you bring an idea forth, it exists in the context that you brought it into, right? If we had had a different day today, if we had had you know, a day where we were frustrated or a day where we had, you know, created something else, we might be on a different wavelength or a different level. Yeah. Or a year ago, you might have had different concepts. And so the conversation would have been different, even though it was the same topic and it was our same brains, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. new is a wrong delimiter. And instead, it's it's unique to the set of circumstances where you are
0: okay all right it's unique to the set of circumstances where you are okay
1: so merriam webster which is my Mm go-to says that creative is basically being marked by the ability or power to create and then of course they link to the word Mm -hmm. create which just means to bring into existence to produce through imaginative skill and i don't i don't think we need to limit ourselves to you have to make something that has never (laughs) existed before, right? That's yeah, a pretty hard, high bar. You'll be hard pressed to, <laughs> right. to do that. Yeah,
2: But it's like, the you know, I've heard the Lion King, right? The, the plot of the Lion King. It's like, well, what is it in a in a sentence? The Lion King is like Hamlet, Hamlet but with lions, right? Right, exactly. So Hamlet's not a new story. Not only is it not a new story now, but even when Shakespeare was, was writing it. It wasn't new then. Yeah, yeah, he was constantly pulling on mm-hmm. other source materials, yet his Hamlet Stood the test of time, and The Lion King has also stood the dude, test of time.
1: Dude, there's like three iterations of The Lion King, yeah. and they're all great. Yeah. So, what are you thinking, Michael? You're processing.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm still not terribly creative. I think I, I have moments of creativity, but on the day to today, there's not a lot of that going on.
1: I feel like we have ascribed—I don't know if it's just this culture in the U.S., but I feel like we've ascribed things to creativity that don't really need to be there. And I've—I've actually—I've observed an interaction between Nathan and a person who is saying, "I'm not a creative person." And I feel like if you're a human being and you've got all your like faculties about you, yes, absolutely, you're a creative person. All right, well, by that definition, I'm in. I got <laughs> yeah, all my yeah, faculties yeah. and I'm breathing. <laughs> yeah, Humble yeah. On. Because I, I think people use that as a cop out sometimes, maybe subconsciously, maybe they're not even realizing that it's a cop out. But it's like, well, I want this to happen, but I'm not going to do it because I'm not a creative person. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to put it out there and hope somebody else does it. It's like, I I I think you'd be surprised by what you can accomplish. I
0: I wouldn't do that. Like if I had something and was like, oh, it's going to take some effort to do this and I really felt like it was worth it, I would do it. Right.
1: Right. I've just seen people, the the, the same type of person who constantly says I'm not a creative person is the kind of person who's constantly trying to get other people to do things Mm. that they just don't feel like doing. And maybe that's that's the most sinister um, of the cases, but yeah. Yeah, but that is not me no like no no
0: no I would not say that even though true. I did just try and manipulate Diddy Bread to Google something that's right it, it's <laughs> I successfully did it successfully. Yeah, I totally successfully. did yeah, it <laughs> yeah. that's true Yeah, And and I would say,
2: Michael, because that's not you and because you have your imaginative faculties and you've identified, we had to poke you a little bit, but you've you've identified ways that you are consistently creative. I think you're just a little curmudgeonly and just want to be able to say, oh, no, I'm sort of analytical and therefore I'm not a creative type because you have some sort of stereotype of what a creative person is or looks like. I do have a
0: little bit of a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go there. Uh, To me, people who are creative, and maybe this is more of what you're talking about, is people who either make a living or have a substantial investment, even if it's not in a living, in doing things that produce culture Mm -hmm. to some extent. And by this, I mean either music, art, uh, photography. I'm trying to think of other comic books, television.
2: Podcasts.
0: podcast, this kind of stuff. Those people to me are creative. Make sure. a, I have an aunt who makes quilts. She's like
2: a dope quilt maker. <laughs> that is creative. Yeah. And I would say you're describing people who are involved in the creative arts and that's great. Yes. But not people who embody or have the sort of the domain ownership of creativity.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, I think I have spurts of it. Yeah.
2: The other part of this
0: is To quote Holden Caulfield, I try very hard not to be a phony. So I don't go around (laughs) identifying myself as things that I don't see myself as. It's possible that like Holden Caulfield, you are trying too hard. That does happen. (laughs) But because I don't see myself as a creative person, I'm not going to then go, that's one of the things that I do.
2: Yeah.
1: And I don't think you have to identify as a quote unquote creative type. I think I would suggest... That anyone who feels like they are not creative is to sit down and kind of analyze, because you're analytical, right? Just think about the things that you produce, the -hmm. things that you put into the world, whether that be a podcast or a conversation or... I mean, I think everyone's creative, and I think you just have to kind of change your preconceived notions about what being creative means. And it's not necessarily limited to the arts, even though that's kind of the box that we all put (laughs) creativity into. It's like the most obvious example. Right, right? exactly, exactly.
2: And maybe I'll take a hard left turn from trying to convince you that you are creative. Okay. and (laughs) And instead maybe throw this out there to say, what is the value for a person, for any person? to believe that they have creative capacity or mm. you know, creative power. There you go. And that's what I think is more, more interesting and more inviting because whether or not you want to be a video editor or an artist or whatnot, to think of yourself, and not even broadcast yourself, but just to think of yourself as, oh, I have, I have this creative capacity, which means I can take in data sources, perspectives, and represent them in a novel way that adds more value to the thing that I'm doing than if I weren't applying a a creative lens. Mm -hmm. To do that with lesson plans if you're a teacher, to do that with the research project that you're working on, Mm -hmm. to do that with your PhD thesis.
0: So what you're talking about leads me to the one question I really wanted to ask today. Oh, boy. Which was, doesn't then creativity start out from structure? I have to know the rules of my discipline. Oh, yeah. In order to break them,
2: to then be creative. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. That's a good which point. Which well, is a weird way to look at it. Or not even break them. Follow them to be creative, right? If you said, "Hey, write an interesting story." Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, that's uh, where do I even start? Right. But also, it has a definition bound up. What is what is What's in the story? story? Right. Yeah. Well, there's a certain yeah. narrative structure, mm-hmm. etc. And then if I said, "Write an interesting story about uh, a talking mouse," mm-hmm. well, now I've got I've already got sort of ideas starting to flow a talking mouse and he can't get off of this ship that is on fire Mm -hmm. well now i've got a way to be to tell that story and if the three of us took time to to write that you know that silly story we would write three very different very (laughs) very novel maybe not very good sure um but anyway i say that just to affirm your point that yes there's always context there's always structure right to creativity
0: and i think if you don't know the rules of the discipline and the schools of thought, mm-hmm. often which creativity is a reaction to, mm-hmm. then it's tough to tell who's being creative, who's mm. really creative and groundbreaking, mm-hmm. and who's not. Mm-hmm. So
1: next is a good example. The idea that you can create a school that's unlike any other school that you know of it actually, to me, you would have to know a lot about what school has traditionally been uh-huh, and why. And, and you'd have to very critically evaluate what are the pieces that we kind of have to keep right. and what are the pieces that we can say, no, that we're not sure that that's in the best interest of the students. Yeah, Absolutely like the the guy who in philadelphia decided he was going to overhaul the vaccination system and try to make a bunch of money off of it it's like that's fine you can do this you can try to innovate in this field Mm -hmm. but he also rejected all of the best practice science that got brought up to him like no no no, the whole point here is disruption so i don't want to hear any of the data or the facts or the science behind how we've done vaccinations Mm -hmm. in the past and when you reject the structures that have been in place, and you don't you don't want to study those, right? At the very least, for the purpose of saying what what can we keep and what can we ditch, then I think it's not being creative as much as it is just trying to exploit something for your own gain. Yes. Yeah.
0: But I think this is the other part where structure and creativity. I don't know what their relationship is exactly, but something. They're, it, is, yes, is they're very that, related. <laughs> so. In order, if I want to be creative, yeah, somebody along the way has to go, oh, I see the traditional structure in which this field is built. I'm just not doing any of it. I'm,
1: I'm rejecting all of it. Right. right I'm right, just right. going completely <laughs> the off board. Right? right. Like, this is
0: all garbage. Right. And then they have to be like the guinea pig for this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then the next person who comes along goes like, wow, I saw Stevie. He just th- threw that out entirely. Yes. That wasn't really the world's best idea. And there are times where this is actually a really good idea. There are people who have come along and turned over the orthodoxies of the field you worked in. And it's yes. W- great. Right? Sure. So this does work. And there are people who have said like, whoa, I saw this person. That didn't go so good. But yeah. maybe if I keep these two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those seem solid, and mm. I'll build those my foundation. But I'll do everything else differently. Sure, that's enough. Sure,
2: yeah, and and I think the the vital tension is there's still a through line to what has come before, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like even if you look at now we're we're falling back into the trap of of uh, assuming that. Creative movements are inherently artistic Mm -hmm, movements. But mm -hmm. for the sake of the argument, Mm -hmm. uh, if they're, you know, the neoclassical period versus the romantic period, right, one is a reaction to the other, Mm -hmm. where the the neoclassics, they were hearkening back to this previous time of perceived learning, structure, order, symmetry, etc. And then the romantics were, in their turn, reacting against against the order to move back to the emotional and the emotive and whatnot. Uh, Each of the the movements is, in retrospect, is richer in study as the backdrop to the other. Mm -hmm. But also, even in the moment, they were reacting against something. So you understood their creative movement was not in isolation, right? It was was in response Mm -hmm. to something. And therefore, it had a different meaning because of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this is another part of the thing of structure is you often these larger movements need things to react to. But one of the most interesting pieces of creativity is one time I found this song by one of my favorite rappers, who's called the game, and it was called 200 Bars." And I was like, "Oh, you know, let me pull this up on the YouTube, see what's going on, like popped up, you know?" Mm-hmm. And all he did, he was beefing with a lot of other rappers at the time. This is like in the early 2000s, and he was like, "All right, I got 200 bars. I'm going in." And that was it. Like there's no chorus, there's no hook. Wait, what? There's yeah, him. I, I didn't
2: understand it. Okay.
0: All right. I'm too street for
2: you, Rob. That's so, right.
0: So he has all these rap rivalries with the okay. other rappers, right? Yeah. So the 200 bars is how many a bar is like a rhyming couplet. Okay. So he, he's got 200 of these. And instead of writing the structure of a song, he's just like, I got something to say about these other people and I'm going at it. And it's nine minutes of the same oh, beat gosh. of this guy just my grievances with these other rappers and it's incredible
2: in what way is it incredible just in like gr- in a good way
0: yeah like all right you guys want some i got something for you you think as a rapper and you think as a rapper and you're a coward and i'll shoot you so in it's the face sh-
1: it's like nine minutes of grievances
0: nine minutes and then it's interspersed with like stories from his life but there's no Break. Sure. It says all comes together in one solid nine minute song. And I heard it and I was like, What just happened? <laughs> and I played it again and I was like, Yo, this is crazy because it at that moment had overturned everything I thought about rap music. And he wasn't like, Ah, let me sit down and think about the disciplinary stuff that comes before me and what it means to write a rap song. It was like, yo, I've had enough of these six people. turn right. the recorder on, play me this one beat, and I'm going.
1: Yeah. sure. but he also, I mean, at this point, he was an experienced rapper right. who is benefiting from growing up in this in this environment so the, and knowing like what makes a good rap. Whether he thought about that when he wrote this new song or not, he still got that. That's in his head.
0: Maybe. But the thing that was so interesting is he wrote this when he was before he had a major record deal. Okay. What it sounds to me is he was like, "Turn this beat on, I'm
2: going," <laughs> and then just <laughs> and at the end, let's count it up and whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever it number came
0: is. out. That was two hundred, and that's your sure, shot. Sure, sure.
2: So, are you holding this up as sort of a paragon of of creativity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But it's not. I don't know that it was based on the virtues or the structure of previous eras of rap. Sure. Yeah. I think. I, Sometimes I you just got some you need to right, say. Right, right. <laughs> right.
2: I, I agree with with Sarah's where I think she was going with it to say. I, I'm sure he had internalized the structures and the rhythms and the the way that the system works in such a way that he was able to sort of off the cup, you know, do a, a cipher or a right, you know, that, that kind of thing. And I, I think that's a testament to being really deeply entrenched in the form in the creative talented. form. You're right. The other talented, thing, right I was sure.
0: like, Nathan, nine minutes go. Yeah. Like, no, uh,
2: watch out for, watch out for these rhymes. They will, Oof. they will hit you Oof. all the time. Oof. Yeah. That gave me heartburn. Yeah. Well, that was my goal. That was my creative goal. <laughs> Success. <laughs>
0: um, the other thing that I think about when I think about creativity recently is that i've heard a lot of people who say i'm a creative
2: yeah they turn it into a noun
0: yeah and that makes me it makes me nervous it's real phony
2: and it makes me suspicious yeah Yeah. yeah. i think that is going over into holden caulfield territory where that is a little more fair game to call out sort of some phoniness or some posturing
0: so what makes you more phony if you say i'm a creative and again, let, let me back
2: up and say, if you say you're a creative and you do creative work, right. and, You know that's fine. But the, it's easy to say I'm a creative. It's not easy to have the discipline of, of doing creative work, whether that is creative arts or applying creativity to you know PhD research, et cetera. But yeah, I think even saying I'm a creative is unhelpful because it doesn't actually mean anything. Or it, it doesn't actually describe what that person does.
0: Could I say, I'm a creative. This is my lifestyle.
2: You could, but it's going to feel a little posery. Is it? That That's how it strikes me. I'm a creative. Diddy bread. I'm a creative. It couldn't be my lifestyle.
1: Mm. I would just smack somebody if they said that to me. <laughs>
0: right. But like, couldn't you envision, I don't know anybody like this, a person who genuinely lives like life as an artist. Sure. Sure.
2: But now you're, again, this conflation between I'm a creative and I'm an artist. I think those are those are two different. An artist, you say I'm an artist, mm-hmm. you understand what that means.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know somebody. Okay. So Ken Ken Morrill, who we've had on the podcast. Dirty beard. Yeah. <laughs> Do you call him dirty beard? Yeah very close to ditty bread i know it's interesting anyway so he identifies as a maker right and all of his stuff is mostly art but it's also like carpentry and engineering engineering, right exactly and i don't mind that he calls himself a maker and he has a whole like youtube devoted to this and maker spaces and i think that's fine but yeah i would be worried if people want to identify as a creative type that kind of perpetuates that this idea that some people are creative and some are not. All right, you but, know.
0: But dig it, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Your your work life is based off of creativity. You're not a creative. Why?
2: So I'm a creative person. Yes. Why are you not a creative? I just don't. I mean, now we're we're quibbling over. It's just icky. I just yeah. <laughs> I just don't like. I would just rather be more descriptive. Yeah. Okay. Um, although I will say the my role at the school where I work is creative specialist, which is also kind of vague. Uh, but you guys then love I love
1: the titles over there. Yeah, I but love
2: I, it. I go on to say, right, I, I work on our social media, our graphic design and our marketing efforts. Right. So right. I, I'm more likely to describe in my independent work with clients. I also I will sometimes say creative specialist, but I'm more likely to try to understand what the the client's needs are and say, you know, hey, what do, what do you want to do? What are your goals? And then help them you know oh well i have this idea i want to start a podcast well i can help with that or i need a website well i can help with that i guess my point is i don't say i'm creative because that's not very helpful either Uh, i'd rather just figure out how i can how i can be helpful to yeah whoever it is
1: i think what one of the things i think about with nathan is that if i needed help uh, boosting our social media presence or if we needed a website which we kind of actually do Nathan comes to my mind, not so much because, oh, Nathan's just such an artistic person. He's just a creative, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. He is that. But when when I think about why I would want Nathan helping me with this is because he has done this, and I have (gasps) seen what he has done, and his experience is such that I say I trust his ability to do this well, because Mm -hmm. I've seen him do this before, Mm -hmm. and I've seen the results of this before, Mm so... I think if you just decided, like, hey, I want to, I want to get into web design, you would just have to do a bunch of it, you know. Yeah. And if sure. you enjoy, like, consider your enjoyment level for one. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> right? Do you do you like making websites? And then do you get feedback that says, "Hey, this is good. I like this." The barrier to to entry is probably lower than people give it credit for.
0: Right. I mean, the barrier to entry to me is almost nothing because like right you have a paper
1: yeah do you have a writing implement yeah yeah yeah.
2: well we spent all this time at the top of the episode trying to convince you michael that you were in fact a creative (laughs) (laughs) and now and now we're going back on it. i think it's i think what we're what we're stepping into is uh also when did this turn into i have to explain myself well that's just the nature of the podcast you never know who will have to explain themselves
1: that's exactly right
2: I didn't sign up for this. Rotating anyway. hot seat. <laughs> <I guess. Yeah. laughs> but anyway, I, I mean I think we're we're sort of in a little loop here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We on, might be on this idea of oh, I don't want to feel I don't want to feel icky. I don't want to feel like a poser. It actually goes back to your own instinct. You don't want to say I am creative or a creative person for probably a similar reason that I don't want to say I'm a creative. Right. Right. No, um, I, I admire creative people.
0: And as I've gotten older, I've spent much more time, like I shifted the focus of my academic research to the Wu-Tang Clan, mm-hmm. which part of it is because those people are really creative, right. and I go like, dang, I wish I could do all that stuff. Right. And I've come to, especially music, as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate the creativity of it more and yep. the like wide-open nature of it. So, and if I can use a fancy English people oh, word... The intertextuality, oh yeah, yeah. boy, Say the building more. on previous generations of music, either whether it's between musicians of the same genre or musicians of previous genres.
2: Okay, right. so to an- me that's endlessly a- interesting. Yeah. Answer this then: Why do you want to study and and do research on the Wu Tang Clan? I I get it; it's interesting to you. Yes. But then, what do you do with that research so far? Nothing. Well, but what's the what's the goal of research? Oh,
0: some point to get it published and to spread knowledge. I guess is a larger goal.
2: So your Wikipedia.
0: I mean, on some level, academic writing is is Wikipedia. Yeah.
2: And I guess I I don't know academic writing, but I would push on that and say like your your PhD mm-hmm. dissertation, like it had to present some sort of a novel connection. Yeah. Sure. And I guess that's that's what I'm getting back to. Is it's not Wikipedia. It's you're digging into the. Textual what did you call it? The intertextuality Intertextuality. (laughs) of the Wu Tang clan and their writing, et cetera, to present a novel connection. Right. That will add value and nuance to to the discussion that that other people haven't done or at least haven't done in that way before. Right. So
1: in that way you're being creative even as you're admiring another group or individual right. for their creativity which you don't think you have but your even your approach to your research of that group is in fact a different form of creativity and we just you know we want you to acknowledge that. All right. But Nathan what do you want to talk about that we haven't hit yet because
2: we- Yeah, we're we're definitely coming close close to the end. I mean, this has been this has been great. Thanks for having me on. You know, there's a candle going. It's a nice ambiance here in the room. I would say the only other point I would make is as someone who okay let's say I bite the bullet and I say okay I am a creative Mm -hmm. because now I am in addition to the work that I'm doing at the school Mm -hmm. I am also being paid by clients to do creative work Mm -hmm. for them and the reason why I think this is an interesting topic is I, I think a lot of people actually like the idea or they aspire to do creative work and so the opposite of you michael instead of instead of shying away from this they have this dreamy vision of oh i would love to do creative work and my encouragement like when i look at people making stuff i go oh and i've seen this at the nonprofit level at the school level at the business level i'm like oh people are just making stuff up <laughs> and most of it's not good
1: yeah there's a lot of not good out there.
2: And then you have these other people who look across the chasm and go, oh, I wish I could be creative or I wish I could make a living, you know, being a creative or that, whatnot. That's me. Right. I'm on the other side. Right. And it, it's this uh, sort of mystical gap. And I'm like, it's, not, it's no. not mystical. It's one little step after the other, after the other. And all you have to do is start a little. Mm-hmm. You start a little and then that takes you to the next step and the next step. And then, you know, I taught myself graphic design over the course of years Mm -hmm. and so not professionally just self-taught and so when I can sit down with someone and they say oh what about this or I want the logo to be this way and I can sit down and very quickly take their idea their concept and turn it into a graphical form they go oh wow and that only took you 20 minutes 30 minutes right yeah I say no 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 nope it took me 12 years yeah and 30 minutes Uh right Right. So so my encouragement to myself as I as I continue on this journey, but also to anyone who aspires to creativity and then to people who try to shy away from it. The creative act is just starting a little starting one little thing and then doing the next thing, the next thing so that you can be a more creative version of yourself mm. within your role as a math teacher or your role as a technology specialist or your role as an English teacher, whatnot.
0: Right. I think the other thing that there is room for in this discussion is the idea of talent. Right? Because some people are naturally inclined to things easier. Like, yeah. I've heard Diddy Bread won't tell you this. Do you know she's actually an excellent piano player? I
2: didn't know that.
1: Am I? I think you are. You know, uh, I just copy stuff that other people do I
0: Well, play by ear. Uh, the other person who lives in this house, I'm not going to say who this person is, but you, you can guess. <laughs> uh-huh. He told me that you don't read music. You just listen to it by ear Yes, and, and are able to play it. Yeah.
1: That's correct. That is an innate ability to that me, I inherited like, from my dad. That's yeah. like
0: an unbelievable skill is yeah. to be able to be like, oh, I heard this song twice. I can do it. Mm. Right?
1: Yeah. But... I have also looked across the gap right. at people who study music and and learn to read it and learn to read it really well right? and then can play any piece of music that you put in front of them, and I envy that. And that seems creative to me because right. you have learned a whole language right. but that I me, have not learned.
0: <laughs> to me, I wonder if I was like, hey, Diddy Bread, you're not going to do anything for the next seven years but take music theory courses and work on this. And We can teach you to do that. Yes. Whereas somebody may be very well versed in the reading of music, but at the same time might really struggle to to do it in the way that you do it, sort of by ear.
1: Uh, yeah, I do wonder how much when we look at create creative types, how much of what they do is very teachable, very learnable, and and what part of it is innate. Although I just I don't think that that should be your focal point. I don't think that that should be the thing that keeps you from trying to be more creative.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But I yeah. just, I think there is a lot of, oh, just cross the gap, just start doing it. No, 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 don't, don't start doing it. Do you <laughs> actually have any talent? Well, it's,
2: it's not start doing it so that you can quit your job tomorrow. Right. All you right. have to do is no, no, you know, right. Please please this doesn't do have to be bang. your career. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's cultivate habits of mind that are more creative. That that pay attention to your intake. Pay attention to thinking well, thinking creatively to solve interesting problems in novel ways. And then you look at your proclivities, your talents, and you think, oh, I've I am naturally good at this, uh, you know, playing music by ear. So I would probably be good at the jazz scene, which from what I understand is highly structured, but at the same time is highly improvisational. Yes. So to be able to play by ear and play intuitively might supercharge my creative efforts in, in jazz piano.
1: I have long wanted to get into jazz theory and learn that.
2: Yeah but yeah. but at the same time it doesn't mean you have to be good at something in order to take it on as a creative endeavor, and therefore be a more, a more holistically creative person, uh, even if you're just making you know ugly birdhouses, but that's yeah. your chance, your that's <laughs> that's Right, you really and do. you also don't have to be good at it to enjoy it. Uh, this is so right. true, that's the other Th- and
1: that, that it. was the other thing. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, like consider your level of enjoyment, but to, to encourage those out there who are thinking, like I'll never bridge this gap between my lack of talent and the thing I really wanna do, as someone who did grow up kind of in the art visual art world there are whole entire fields of study devoted to the idea that anyone can learn to be good at the visual arts and sure People with the natural inborn talent are going to get there quicker maybe and maybe even enjoy it more, but that's not necessarily true. Like I got to a point where I wasn't enjoying it, but you know, like my mom has this book called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, where you learn techniques that kind of force you to think a little more like artistically about things Mm. and approach things the way that naturally good artists approach them. And you can get to the point where you're actually not half bad. There's these before and after pictures in this book. Uh Like, here's my stick figure drawing that's terrible. And then after this, you know, eight week course or whatever, I produce this pretty awesome piece of art. You know, I just think we're not giving ourselves enough credit if we if we say I don't have any innate ability. So I'm not even going to try.
2: So I don't know how you folks uh, wrap things up or bring episodes to a close, but I'm going to start the process by going back to where we started. Right. So. Yes, I'm on this journey where I've reduced some of my hours at my day job so that I have more hours to do creative work for clients in in flexible ways. But the reason I started this journey was not because I was a self-styled creative or fancy person. It was because (laughs) when I showed up to do the job, what I wanted to do was solve interesting problems in the work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so that meant I got hired to teach English at Mm -hmm. at this charter school, Mm -hmm. but I saw that there were creative problems that needed to be solved. And some of that involved design and some of it involved strategic planning and administration and some of it involved a spreadsheet that made sure we could schedule the students' classes so they didn't have conflicts from first semester to second semester. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to do, what I what I aspired to do was to solve interesting problems that needed to be done to add value to where I was. And what that led me on was a journey where I cultivated these individual creative skills in audio editing and video editing in graphic design, so that now I have the opportunity to solve more interesting problems and do more work that for me right now, I, I'm expanding that outside of quote unquote, just my day job. But it's because I wanted to do that sort of creative problem solving. And it just so happened that the creative skills look like audio design, mm-hmm. video mm-hmm.
1: design, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a perfect way to wrap us up. Nathan, this was an excellent discussion, as usual, my friend. If some of our listeners are like, wow, I could really use Nathan Robinson's skills and services, how would they get a hold of you?
2: They can go to showoff.work. Uh, that's my website. Okay. Uh, and I've got a contact button there and a few examples of some work that I've done for clients and work that I'm doing now. And yeah, they can find me there. Okay.
1: Showoff.work. Yes. Go there, everyone. We'll link it <laughs> in the uh, episode page. Thank you, Nathan. You're awesome. We're definitely going to have you back. And we uh, we also thank our listeners. You're definitely the reason we do this. So please keep listening and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at splain_yourself. underscore yourself. Also, if you get a minute, we'd be very grateful if you'd rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, uh, because for some reason, that's the altar we all have to kneel in front of in the podcasting world. Our most devoted fans have already done this. So uh, get on that train. And
0: speaking of our most devoted fans, we want to give some quick shout outs. Uh, Shout out to Chris Golden, Josh Neuer, Mayor McCheese, and his long-suffering wife, Amanda McCheese, Timothy Allen Booth, David Uncle Pease Muller, and his wife, who's called number one Hollywood, and last but certainly least, uh, my homeboy, what's up, Keith White? These are all folks who uh, have been sort of rooting us on from the beginning and are active on our little emerging online communities, so we just wanted to thank them for that.
1: Absolutely, it is. It's a small community, but it's a really good community. You guys should uh, get in on this for sure. All right, that's it for this episode. But y'all will be back before you know it with a fresh new episode for you. In the meantime, take care of yourself this week. Try making something. You can do it. We believe in you. And always be ready to explain, explain yourself. yourself.